0: Hello car fanatics in Irvine, Orange County, California, the United States, and around the world. It's time for the most famous words in motorsport. Here to give the command to start today's show is Speedway Sounds sports car analyst and Long Beach City College marketing student, Jake Moritz. Drivers,
1: start your engines.
0: This week on Speedway Sounds. It's a big week in the automotive industry with CES 2018, the consumer electronics show in Las Vegas, Nevada, and with car companies around the world publishing their sales results from last year. Next, I'll take you through a short trip in the world of motorsport on social media. And after that, I'll bring on my guest for today's show, Speedway Sounds sports car analyst and Long Beach City College marketing student Jake Moritz to discuss last weekend's Roar Before the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona sports car test. All that and more this week on Speedway Sounds. Hello everyone, good morning. It's Thursday, January 11th, 2018. Welcome to the second year of Speedway Sounds, the fifth quarterly series i'm your host noah stein if you've never heard the show before i'm a uc irvine mechanical engineering student now in my second year here on the campus studying mechanical engineering and i'm loving it and i'm trying to pursue a career in motor racing and that's what inspires the show i've been on the air since january of 2017 once a week with kuci and i'm looking forward to the second year Especially, I'm especially looking forward to the guest I have on today. He's brand new to the Speedway Sounds team. He's the, going to be the sports car analyst. His name is Jake Moritz. We'll have him on in just a few minutes. But before that, I want to start with some of the latest automotive news that's been happening around the world, including at the Consumer Electronics Show, also known as CES, 2018 in Las Vegas, Nevada. So let's go to the headlines. All right. First up, Volkswagens are not selling well right now in the United States. So the U.S. sales chief of Volkswagen, Ron Stach, has resigned. This is after Volkswagen initially reported positive sales results and an increase in sales in 2017 overall, but sales dropped substantially in November and December. Nissan made company history with its compact crossover, the Rogue, by selling more than 400,000 Rogues in a single calendar year in 2017, putting it on par with the Toyota RAV4. The Fisker electric car, eMotion was introduced at the Consumer Electronics Show on Tuesday, taking a shot at Tesla by introducing a super-fast charging lithium-ion battery. Fisker claims that the car can be charged to a range of 125 miles in only nine minutes. Overall, it has a 400-mile range and a top speed of 161 miles per hour. In the legal department, Ford's super-duty drivers filed a lawsuit against Ford claiming that the company rigged 500,000 of its diesel-powered trucks to beat emission standards similar to how Volkswagen rigged their diesels before they were discovered in 2015. Ford had marketed its Super Duty trucks as the cleanest super diesel ever, but the suing drivers claim it released more than 50 times the legal limit of nitrogen oxide-based pollutants. Ford happens to use Bosch, the same engine software supplier as Volkswagen, leading to heightened suspicion. And now for around the internet where I take a look at interesting things on social media platforms. First up with Robo Race, which is Formula E's autonomous racing series, presented a car with tech company NVIDIA's livery at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. You can check it out on the Twitter account at Robo Race because it is one, and I recommend it because it is one stunning livery with a black base and a neon green set of stripes. The car's body lacking a driving compartment, of course being autonomous, is also one of a kind. Also, Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports IndyCar team is calling for fan assistance on its Twitter account, at SPM IndyCar, to help with a big unveil of its 2018 cars on February 1st at the team's shop, Indianapolis. Although there's no way that I can personally get there, it's a cool opportunity for any of you fans who possibly could who are in the Midwest. Check out that Twitter account for more info on how to sign up, at SPM IndyCar. In addition, I've also been posting on social media. Something I've started this quarter for the very first time is a show blog. My first entry, which you can find on the Speedway Sounds Facebook page, is entirely about the difference between American and European traffic signals. Something I observed on my most recent trip to Europe. In that first blog, I described the differences specifically between European and American traffic signals and why the American traffic signal may be too simple compared to the European one. There are a lot of interesting things about the European traffic signal that the American signal does not use. And I'm hoping to write my next one on roundabouts versus square intersections. I think there are a lot of safety benefits to roundabouts, and I'll elaborate in the coming days. So that wraps up all the automotive news and social media discussion for right now. Jake Moritz comes on the show right after the break to discuss the roar before the Rolex 24 Hours at Daytona. I'll be right back. Now let's turn to our next segment talking about North American motorsport. The IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship is what's on right now in North America. Coming up at the end of this month for American sports car racing, the very first race of the 2018 season and the biggest race and the longest race, the 20 the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona at the Daytona International Speedway. But before any of the 50 cars entered can start that race, they must first complete the roar test at daytona and that took place this past weekend unfortunately i was flying back to the united states and also recovering from jet lag from my international travels so i missed most of it so i thought i'd call up my friend and sports car super fan he's also a student at long beach city college studying marketing jake moritz he is now the speedway sounds hold on he's now the speedway sounds sports car analyst. Welcome Jake. How's it going Noah? All right so let's go so going into the roar before the 24 this is IMSA's official preseason test. A lot of things are going on everybody's there all the drivers have to show up for the three-day session so what goes on at the roar
1: so, what's going on at the Royal right now? You have a lot of the uh, new teams, including uh, Acura, coming out with their new car, uh, doing a lot of. They've already done a lot of preseason testing. However, there's uh, no testing like pre-race testing in uh, race-like conditions. So, uh, especially teams like Acura, and we have uh, Cadillac uh, returning to the DPI, uh, DPI category with their new 5.5-liter Daytona prototype. As we all know, last year they ran a naturally aspirated 6.2-liter motor. However, this season they decided to go with a 5.5. Film actually aspirated, so it still screams like a banshee. But Uh uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of numbers these guys are putting up because, uh, uh, according to Felipe Nasser, uh, ex-sauber Formula One driver and driver of the Conoco Minolta, uh, one of the drivers of the Conoco Minolta uh, Cadillac DPI, he thinks that his competition, including Mazda and Acura, are sandbagging during the war test try and uh, keep the uh, their cars from getting hit with a balance of performance mm. uh, indeed. hit indeed so, so there are a lot of, lot been...
0: of storylines to pick apart there first of all Cadillac ha- wanted to I recall Cadillac wanted to change their engine to get a little bit of a different balance of performance reading mm-hmm. what's the story behind yeah that?
1: so that so the big thing is uh, we all know that uh, the IMSA balance for perfor- uh, performance can be both a blessing and a curse and last season although that 6.2 liter was extremely and brutally effective. Uh, At some races, Cadillac was hit very hard by balance of performance and had to really kind of, you know, pull something out of the hat uh, if they wanted to have a winning season Mm -hmm. when compared to the turbocharged 3-liter cars that are uh, being run by, say, Acura and Mazda. So this season, they're running that smaller displacement motor, trying to get, you know, a little bit of help, a little bit less weight, a little bit more power. So uh, this season is really shaping up for them. They've got a front-grid lockout, which... Uh, for the top four places, uh, with the Acura bringing it up in fifth. Mm. So it's looking like Cadillac may have a, a pretty good lock on the uh, 24, but, you know, this is 24-hour endurance racing, so any can, anything can happen in 24 hours. And like I mentioned before, we have Felipe Nasser saying that he thinks, and I wouldn't, I'd be uh, pretty remiss if I didn't agree with him, that the Acura and Mazda cars are actually sandbagging, trying to not get ah, hit yes. with that B.O.P., And trying to really, you know, maybe come and uncork it during the 24 and uh, put those caddies in their place.
0: Indeed, indeed. As I understand it, though, the International Motorsports Association, the sanctioning body of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, and specifically this roar test, they wanted to put in some sessions that made it so that... uh, the prototype car, all, all the classes would have something to compete for at the roar rather than just turning laps for their mm-hmm. own experience and, and publicity. What were some of those sessions? There was a qualifying session, I recall.
1: Yeah, so one of the big things here was uh, pit, box, uh, pit box location. So that's a big thing during this race. If you can get a good pit box, uh, pit box location, you can significantly cut times down on your pit stops and over a 24-hour race. and God knows how many pit stops, that'll really start to add up. So I think that was a very interesting uh, way for IMSA to add, you know, a little bit of spice to uh, the qualifying. And I think that was actually a great move on their part. And it really looks like it has, you know, brought out maybe some of the speed we wouldn't have seen. Like, uh, you know, a lot of teams during the war may not actually go 10 tenths, but when you're actually competing for, you know, the possibility of several minutes, if not, you know, maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes off your overall time, that's that's a great, great, great benefit.
0: Indeed. I agree with that. But I'm wondering also, since Nasr was making those claims about uh, drivers still sandbagging with the other prototype cars, was it enough, do you think, or maybe IMSA should have put thrown more into the, into the hat, th- uh, figuratively in a way, th- uh, thrown well, more into it?
1: Yeah, you know, maybe they should have, but I think right now it's we're almost too close to the war, and I think anything changing now may have, you know, thrown a monkey wrench in teams' plans. However, I will say, with the way those Cadillacs are showing their pace already, I think it would kind of take a miracle for cars such as the Mazda and the Acura, which are still quite unproven, and they both have changed. Uh, the Acura is a brand new car completely, and we have uh, the highly modified Jost Mazdas, uh, I think that the Cadillacs are still in a good place, and I don't think that even if those, the Acuras and the Mazdas really um, showed their hand, so to speak, I don't mm-hmm. believe that they have necess- uh, the longevity necessarily to beat those proven Cadillacs in a 24-hour race. We saw last season that those caddies really had pace over 24 hours, not just pace, consistent pace. Very, very consistent pace. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that the Mazda and the Acura can deliver that kind of pace.
0: True, they were fast at the first five racetracks, and uh, you had the mm-hmm. number ten, Conoco-Minolta uh, Cadillac, sweeping the first five races. In fact, mm-hmm. also there are also some exactly other, there are also some other cool storylines. Fernando Alonso, the Formula One world champion from two thousand five, two thousand six, and who made a lot of headlines last year by competing in his first Indianapolis five hundred, is also deciding to take a try at the Rolex twenty four hours in a an, in a prototype car with united autosport how did he do in his first session
1: so he showed pretty good pace i mean i think uh you know that test he did with toyota gazoo racing uh earlier last year uh, really kind of got him in a good headspace to uh, drive one of these prototypes so he showed pretty decent pace i mean he was still off the likes of ricky and jordan taylor so you know we can't expect too much of him uh right now but i think given him a give him a little more time and If his IndyCar performance was any uh, indication of the pace he can show during the race, then, you know, I think he'll have no problem uh, during this 24-hour race, albeit it is a much different beast than, say, even Indianapolis or a Formula One race. It requires a lot more longevity. But, uh, you know, I think Fernando Alonso really showed that he has what it takes to drive a closed-wheel prototype with the best of them. And, you know, it's, it's good to see he's going for that triple crown. And, uh, in, in my personal, personal opinion, I damn hope he gets it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So also in the prototype category, just one more thing on the prototype category before we switch to the GT cars. There are also a lot of foreign entrants with LMP two cars that are typically run in Europe, Mm -hmm. including United Autosport, as, as I mentioned. Also, we have Jackie Chan, Mm -hmm. DC racing, joining the race. How are the prototype two cars from abroad faring?
1: So, the foreign entrants, uh, such as Jackie Chan's D.C. racing team, they showed uh, they showed promising pace. However, I do not believe that they are going to have a chance to actually win the war. I mean, bar any unforeseen circumstances, I mean, we all saw on last year and how uh, insane that race was with all the LMP1 entrants falling by the wayside. So, you know, anything's possible, but uh, I'm a firm believer that one of the Daytona prototypes will win the race. It, they've shown incredible pace all year, and we have that front good lockout from the Caddies. So I see no reason uh, that one of the uh, uh, Daytona prototypes won't win. I've, I, for one, believe it will be one of the Cadillacs. However, you know, maybe Acura will pull something out of their sleeve. Maybe the Mazdas will show some pace finally. So uh, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Indeed. All right. So moving on to the GT categories, who... We have the typical, uh, we have the familiar entries of Ford Chip Ganassi Racing with their two Ford GTs. We have uh, a Chevrolet Corvette, Ferrari, BMW bringing new cars. How is that all faring so far with the GTL M-Class, the factory-backed so GT far, cars?
1: So far, we have uh, the, BMers, the BMWs. I've been showing promising pace. And as an employee BMW, it makes me quite happy. So i got to say, I don't know how well the new M8 GTE will fare. As it is a completely untested and unproven race car, and we all know how how finicky new race cars can be, so hopefully we'll see a BMW uh, fighting for the likes of honors in the GTE Pro class. Uh, it's just kind of it's a hope and a prayer right now, so we shall see. I again, we have those ever so reliable Corvettes just pounding in lap after lap after lap. And the Fords have been showing promising pace as well, and we even have our uh, the Porsches that have uh, are coming back with a completely redesigned uh, 911 RSR mm-hmm. for the GTE Pro class, which uh, I think is a uh, we might even see a Porsche in the overall honors there. I, I really, a- after the end of last season and showing what that new Porsche could do, uh, that new mid-engine Porsche, it it really is uh, a promising formula for them, and I think that if the right set of circumstances arise, we could definitely see a Porsche taking that GTE class win.
0: Very interesting, nice. And of course the third class competing in the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona is the GT Daytona class, which consists of the same kinds of supercars that you see in the GTLM class except they're run by privateer organizations. But you still have the same cars, Porsche, GT3, but also some additional entries in GT3 spec, including Mercedes and uh, Acura and Lexus, for
1: example. All right. In the GT Daytona class, we see those savagely quick Lexus and the savagely quick Lamborghini Huracan. I believe we will be seeing one of those two brands fighting for overall honors. They've shown, shown immense pace and are both proven platforms from last season. I don't know what kind of concoction they've been cooking up over at Lamborghini, However, it seems that the Huracan has really shown its pace early in this testing, and I believe we will probably see, uh, maybe even uh, our friend, your own mole over at Change Racing, see him on the podium. So I'm a you have your Lexus's, Lambos, Ferraris, Porsches, but I, I'm a firm believer it'll either be one of those Lexuses or a Lambo fighting for overall honors. Mm-hmm.
0: Speaking of Lexus, <laughs> one of its dri- one of that team's drivers, Scott Pruitt, has announced that this upcoming Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona will be his last race before retiring. I I have so many memories of Scott Pruitt, especially when he was racing with Chip Ganassi Racing with his Mm -hmm. teammate, Memo Rojas, and dominating all the Grand Am Rolex sports car races back five to ten years ago. What are your favorite memories of him, and uh, what do you think about his plans for retirement?
1: You know, I think him retiring is kind of a, you know, it'll be a sad moment for sports car racing. And uh, he will be sorely missed. And, you know, I remember seeing him in Grand Am as well. Just such an incredible driver with such an incredible, incredibly storied past. Uh, and, you know what, I hope, I wish him the best in retirement, and I uh, hope we can uh, see him again maybe in the future. But, you know, let's let him enjoy his retirement. And, you know, he had such an incredible career, and, uh, you know, he will be missed. He definitely will be missed.
0: Mm-hmm. He also has that iconic uh, hi to my family at home. Whenever he's interviewed on television, that's something that's one of a kind in sports car racing, I certainly think.
1: You you are right. You are right. All, All right.
0: right. So that's a bunch of news that we've had from the Rolex, the roar before the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona. Thank you so much, Jake, for joining me on Speedway Sounds today to discuss it.
1: It's my pleasure, Noah. Thank you for having me on, and I hope to be back soon.
0: All right. Have a great day. You too, sir. Thank you. Once again, that was Speedway Sounds sports car racing analyst Jake Moritz discussing the roar before the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. And you're listening to Speedway Sounds with Noah Stein on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Let's race towards the last few minutes of the show. For my last segment today, one thing I always love doing is telling you about the upcoming car events here in Southern California for this coming weekend, and that's with the SoCal Car Calendar, and that is provided by SoCalCarCulture.com, and Dave Lindsay over there puts it together every week for fans all across the southern part of the state. First up on Saturday, January 13th, in Carlsbad, see bad cars from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. In Corona, Cars and Coffee Corona at the Saline headquarters from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. In Dana Point, Monarch Bay Plaza will have a car meet at the the intersection of Crown Valley and Pacific Coast Highway from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. In Garden Grove, DK's Donuts will host a meet from 6 a.m. to 8. In Huntington Beach, Donut Derelicts at Magnolia and Adams intersection from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. In La Cañada, Early Riders at the United Artists Theater from 6.30 a.m. to 8.30. In Rancho Santa Fe, Cars and Coffee from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. In San Clemente, South Orange County, Cars and Coffee at the Outlets at San Clemente from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the Southwest Corner. In Valencia, Coffee and Cars from 6.30 a.m. to 8.30. On Sunday, January 14th, first up is... In Escondido, the 19th annual Grand Champion Fundraiser from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. In Gardena, Cars and Coffee South Bay from 7 a.m. to 10. Also in Gardena on Sunday, Classic Cruisers Association meets at the Farmer Boys on Redondo Beach Boulevard from 1 p.m. to 5. In Huntington Beach, Supercars by the Sea at Huntington State Beach from 7 a.m. to 9. Also in Huntington Beach on Sunday, Cars and Coffee at Pacific City. From 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. In Lakewood, Hot Cakes and Hot Rods at Glory Day Sports Grill from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. In Newport Beach, the Balboa Car Show at the Fun Zone from 7 a.m. to 9. In Northridge, Classic Cars and Coffee at Western Bagel at 6 a.m. In Pomona, the Pomona Swap Meet and Classic Car Show at the Fairplex. It's Seal Beach, Hot Rods at the Beach at Glory Day Seaside Grill from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Woodland Hills. And this is the last event on the calendar Supercar Sunday from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. You can find more information on all of these events, including flyers, show times, addresses, and more events at socalcarculture.com. And thanks again to Dave Lindsay for allowing me to use that calendar on my show. And that's it for this week on Speedway Sounds on KCI 88.9 FM. Thank you so much for joining me on this first show of 2018, the first show of the second year of Speedway Sounds. Just celebrated the first anniversary of the show yesterday, January 10th. This was also the first show of the fifth quarter of Speedway Sounds. You can find more information about the show on my Facebook and Twitter pages, facebook.com slash speedwaysounds. And Twitter at Speedway Sounds under Speedway Sounds Radio. I'm your host, Noah Stein, and I ask that you please never ever drive distracted or under the influence, and please always wear your seatbelt as well as your bicycle helmet. Next on KUCI is Sounds of Rich Mahogany with DJ Lilsdo. And also, one last thing don't forget to play Speedway Picks with me on Friday before the FIA Formula E race in Marrakesh, Morocco. Have an awesome day, and let's go racing! This show is produced, written, edited, and hosted by Noah Stein and produced with KUCI equipment. Thank you to broadcasting assistant Lily Doe and public affairs director Kimberly Martin for their help in making this show possible. Special thanks also to KUCI station manager Kevin Stockdale. For replays of the show, go to Facebook.com slash Speedway Sounds or on Twitter at Speedway Sounds or visit KUCI's talk show website. The opinions and views expressed on Speedway Sounds are not those of KUCI, UC Irvine, or the University of California Board of Regents. For more information about all of KUCI's programming, go to KUCI.org.